Hey everybody, it's Father Edward Looney, the host of How They Love Mary. And I know that this is a podcast and you can only hear me. But if you were to see me, especially at Mass on a given Sunday, if you were to catch a glance at my socks when I genuflected, you would notice that they are fun socks. If I am not wearing Packer game day socks, you can bet that I am wearing socks from Socks Religious. Socks Religious brings you socks with saints on them. I own St. John Paul II, St. Joseph that I like wearing on Wednesdays, St. Patrick I like wearing during ordinary time. I have the rosary socks. I like wearing those on Marian feast days. St. Nicholas wore that one for the Feast of St. Nick on December 6th. I love Socks Religious. They are the perfect gift for me, and they can be the perfect gift for someone in your life. I encourage you to find the link to Socks Religious in the show notes today and buy a pair of socks for yourself, for your family, or for your friends. And now, on with today's show. Hello, my name is Father Edward Looney, and you are listening to the podcast, How They Love Mary, a podcast that I hope will either be the beginning or the deepening of your Marian devotion. And today, I'm happy to bring on now for a third time, one of the daughters of St. Paul. You might remember the very first interview episode was with Sister Bethany about Star of the Sea. Sister Andrew Marie recently shared about her rosary making. And today, we're going to speak with Sister Danielle Lucier of the Daughters of St. Paul of the Media Nuns about their new new project that they release called Encelo et Intera, 365 Days with the Saints. So I'm happy to have you on the show today, sister. Welcome. Thank you so much. It's really wonderful to be with you. This is a magnificent book, and it is a hardcover book. It is. It has a ribbon. It is beautifully illustrated. We'll talk about the illustrations, I'm sure. But this book, Encelo et Intera, the title comes from the Our Father in Latin, as it on earth as it is in heaven. And so we want to become saints on earth because that's where the saints are in heaven. And that's why you're giving us 365 days with the saints. And I know this project was a long time coming. In fact, you had a Kickstarter for the project and you got backers behind it so you could really produce it. And it's voluminous, like it's a great volume and uh, hardcover, like I said, everything like that. How did this book come to be? What's the story behind why this book was needed? What's the inception behind it? So this book was um, exciting from its beginnings because one thing that our sisters have always done from the beginning of our foundation is books on the lives of the saints. Outside of printing the word of God and scripture, it really, the lives of the saints are kind of the proof in the pudding, right? <clears throat> that God is who he says he is and that we can be transformed in Christ, that his word really can be made manifest in our lives and we can live the good life that we really desire. And so the lives of the saints are this powerful witness of a story of a soul, right? Um, journeying with Christ and letting them into who they are. So over 30 of our sisters contributed to writing the biographies and it's listed in the back which ones they did. It's kind of fun because even as I've been reading through it now, I've been reading and checking the back to see which sister wrote that um, that 
biography and reflection questions and things. And I can hear their personality and it is so delightful for me to have, feel like there's like a real daughter of St. Paul flavor through and through in the writing um, that's particular to each sister. So that kind of particularity or uniqueness of who we are as individuals is really um, was a motivation in the writing that you can that you might connect in a personal way with um, the uniqueness of each person and how they were called in the unique moment in their day to be, you know, to be lifting up their circumstances and just who they are to God um, so that God may be present on earth um, amidst the people of that day. So over 30 sisters contributed to the, um, the writing, editing. It passed hands. It was over a decade. So it passed hands from one editor to another, um, from Sister Sean to Sister Alethea, who kind of finished it out. And then at the very end, I had kind of discovered this jewel when I was being asked by our um, design department head if there was a cover of a book I felt like designing, because that's more of my background. And so I was going through the titles, and this one was not actually one of the ones they were thinking of. They were thinking of it a bit differently, like a smaller book um, to take to chapel and pray with. And I just thought, how cool is this, that this is every day completely written by the sisters, and why not? Why don't we um, expand it and make it something um, beautiful where in the art we can really emphasize the humanity? Like that really struck me when I was reading um, the book that I was really identifying with the humanity of these saints. Now, in the book, you have 365 days with the saints. And so you go through, you have the saints of the day, um, whoever we observe. For example, uh, just the other day was St. Juan Diego, December mm -hmm. 9th. You have a nice little story. I just randomly open up to July 26th. That's the Feast of St. Joachim and Anne. So you have that. But it's also so beautifully illustrated. And can you tell us who illustrated this? And this must have been such a labor of love to do 365 days of illustrations and incorporating the saints and different symbols and all of that uh, into the drawings and into the illustrations. Yeah, so I um, illustrated the the drawings throughout the book and the cover and um, designed it. So kind of did the packaging of the book as well. And and really it all flowed from, um, in the foreword, a few of us sisters actually wrote the foreword together. That's why it's signed the Daughters of St. Paul. <laughs> and that really gives you kind of like the genesis from, from which all the even, how the illustrations came about. Um, so it, it really was like to be able to draw um, all of these different saints was really meditative and contemplative for me. It, it actually was born out of, um, I be, my background is actually in photography and film. That's what I studied before entering the convent. And, um, but drawing for me was something that, you know, I wasn't trained in, but that I really enjoyed and I would do more as an enjoyable thing. And so I was kind of uh, about a year and a half ago, I was kind of having like a, just a difficult time in prayer, you know, where I just was having a hard time really sitting before the Lord and feeling like I just could bring everything to him. And um, uh, one of the sisters suggested that I should start drawing again. And so I did. I started doing that in chapel. And actually the first saint that I drew, um, because I really wanted to focus on holy things, was Andre Bessette because I have a strong connection to him. And I was in Canada at the time I was stationed there. And so I had just visited um, the shrine 
And so, um, yeah, so that was really the Shrine to St. Joseph. So that was neat because I was really praying for his intercession and, um, and what I was really connecting with was his humanity, you know? And so then I, many of the saints that I drew um, and sort of symbols that I drew through that time are actually woven throughout the book. Um, and then when I came back to the mother house where our publishing house is, and one of the sisters asked me, like I said, um, to kind of see if there was a cover that I felt inspired to, um, to design this, the, she encouraged me as well. And the idea that we could possibly illustrate this because of that sort of movement of the Holy spirit in my own prayer life. And she thought, well, this is what you're already doing. So yeah, like, why not do it? for all 365 saints. Wow. That's great. And you talk about the cover, and this is the podcast, How They Love Mary. It's a podcast yeah. about Marian devotion. Of course, Mary is in the lives of the saints and everything like that. But on the back cover, there is this image of Mary. And so there she is. Yeah. She's the queen of all saints right there on the back cover. And this is a very beautiful image of Mary. And I'm just wondering, what did you base this off of? Is this a statue in the monastery? Where did you see the statue that you wanted to duplicate or replicate in your drawing, this particular one? So this is our particular devotion to Mary, Queen of Apostles, who as Queen of All Saints is Queen of all of those who are sent out on earth to make manifest the kingdom of God, right? So um, she is like our connector between heaven and earth is this powerful intercessor. And, and for us, it's very much our spirituality that it's through Mary, Queen of Apostles, that Christ is formed in us as the medi the mediatrix of all grace, right? So, like, we pray to Mary um, for her to form Christ in, in, in us, form Jesus' truth in me, form Jesus' way in me, form Jesus' life in me through, through, uh, through the power of God, you know? Um, so, actually, the entire cover, too, is all about Mary. Um, Tell me more. It's more. It was so fun. It's so fun for me because it was something I was praying with. It wasn't something we necessarily felt like everybody should needed to know. But um, all of the vegetation and foliage, foliage, like the flowers and things, are all Marian symbols. So this now. idea of Mary coming, you know, heaven and earth coming together um, in a in a redemptive way. So of the sun is also the Eucharist in this image. And um, from the the bottom, so like I'll be showing you, but I'll, I'll if you go from the bottom in the middle and up, that there's um, uh, a, a symbol that actually of I think it's the thistle that um, Mary. This is actually from one of my favorite works of art. Um, it's from uh, the tapestries in uh, the museum that's in northern. Uh, Manhattan and then the cloisters that's what it is and it's this unicorn that gets it's after the song of songs and this unicorn is getting chased down and hunted and um, at the very end he's pinned in a, in, uh, in a pin and in front of it is the thistle and above the unicorn is a pomegranate that's broken open and a little piece of the uh, like a drop of um, the juice from the pomegranate is on the white um for our coat of the unicorn. It's supposed to symbolize Christ and because he's a symbol of purity and how um, the Song of Songs, like he's chasing after his beloved, but he allows himself to be caught. So, but there's Mary front and center. If you were to look at that tapestry, she um, is represented in 
in the flower that's blooming there. So that's the, actually I pulled that from that um, work of art because I love it so much. And then um, roses and lilies and then um, like the fruit. So that is like um, lemons or oranges often and pomegranates are um, symbols of Mary's fruitfulness. Wow. And then it's the palms going up and yeah, the ferns. It's all just new life, like symbols that are used in scripture and the vine from. That's so beautiful. And of course, uh, Mary reflects the sun as the moon. So you have the sun right there and Mary here mm -hmm. is the reflection of the sun. And it's a beautiful, beautiful cover, as you mentioned. What a gift. Like, I didn't realize I was speaking with the illustrator herself. And this is, you know... <laughs> During the month of December here on the podcast, what I've been trying to do is feature things that can be helpful for us, especially uh, in the new year and, you know, different spiritual things we can take advantage of. And this is definitely one of them to really learn the stories of the saints. I don't think many Catholics know the stories of the saints. You know, they, especially kind of your average Catholic that just comes on Sundays, they probably know a handful of saints. They probably know about St. Anthony. They see the statues in your church, maybe St. Joseph and St. Therese of Lisieux. They might not mm -hmm. know who St. Therese is, but they, it's a familiar image. And so they're mm -hmm. going to know the stories. And uh, I know for myself, this has been very helpful in just the few weeks that I've been reading it. It's been helpful for my preaching, just to know the stories of the saints. Uh, for Juan Diego, I just really liked, you know, kind of the the translation that the sisters did uh, in that reflection, you know, my little Johnny, that's kind of like <laughs> what Our Lady said. And, um, you know, so that led me to preach a homily on Mary's tenderness and maybe Mary saying our name and familiarizing our name as we're enclosed in her immaculate heart. So this book is going to be influential for everybody who reads it and prays with it and wants to know the stories of the saints and hopefully imitate the lives of the saints. Now, there are some days that there are multiple saints. And I did an interview actually for uh, the National Catholic Register with an author, a writer, a columnist there. They want to know how do you pick like for example i'm going to give may 25th on may 25th there are three saints on that day you can celebrate mm -hmm. mass for magdalene de Pazzi, you can celebrate mass for venerable bead or you could celebrate it for saint gregory the seventh now here in Encelo at Tentera, you have selected saint gregory the seventh even though there are two other days you know two other mm -hmm. saints on that day or you know at the end of April, maybe it's April 28th, it's the feast of St. Louis de Montfort, or there's St. Peter's Chanel. And so you have to make a choice who you're going to celebrate. And I guess for the sisters who served as editors, how did you go about that process to decide which one of those saints maybe on the church's calendar you're going to observe on that particular day? Sure. So actually, that was that was really intentional, again, with the same theme that like, we have been so blessed that through St. John Paul II and St. Benedict, or sorry, St. Benedict, Pope Benedict, <laughs> um, that so many amazing saints and blesseds, you know, were um, introduced in, in the last few years, even over the last decade. And so we really wanted to um, ex 
we wanted to take this opportunity as an opportunity to be able to share and expose people to new heavenly friends that they maybe had not known of that really reflected the universal church. So that our church stretches all across the globe, that um, the church is represented by all different nationalities and states of life. So you find married couples, married couples that I never knew were saints, right? There's several in, in the book. And um, many blesseds um, that I never knew about from all over the world. And so that desire to be able to expose people to to saints and blesseds that they maybe didn't already know um, was really a motivation in the book. And then where some maybe are on the same day, actually, they are, um, even though they may have shared the same day, they could be somewhere else in the book, um, depending. So there's also a lot of women saints Um that are uh, lesser known, that are shared in this book as well. So married, um, religious, priests, brothers, like it just, it really covers the gamut. Yeah, and of course, you know, throughout the liturgical year, there are certain saints on specific days. Like I went to my birthday. I know my birthday, May 10th, is St. Damien of Molokai. And look, there was St. Damien of Molokai. But then I just opened up randomly to September 19th probably not a saint on September 19th, but you know who you have. You have blessed James Miller, and I'm a priest in Wisconsin. Ah. And so here you have the story of this blessed from Wisconsin who was a brother uh, who served in the missions. He, he was known as Hermano Santiago. So like I heard about him. I don't know his story. Now, you've just introduced me to a story on one of these ferial days that don't necessarily have uh, an observance. And another thing that I noticed, you know, for December 8th, we have uh, the Feast of the Immaculate Conception. And it's not Our Lady of the Immaculate Conception on December 8th. It is St. Catherine Labore, who received the miraculous medal. O Mary, conceived without sin, pray for us who have recourse to thee. December 12th, Our Lady of Guadalupe. It's not Our Lady of Guadalupe in the book, but you have St. Gianna Beretta Mola. You have this woman who was pregnant with child who gave her life. So you're connecting the theme, for example, of Our Lady of Guadalupe, this pro-life nature of the feast, and bringing out another saint to introduce, like one who encompasses that feast day of Our Lady. And I just thought that was ingenious when I saw that and observed that. So this is a great uh, resource. And, you know, it's heavy. It could be like a coffee table book. Like you talk about bringing it into <laughs> chapel and stuff. You're lugging it around, you know. Uh, but it's a, a beautiful book and one that I know I'm beginning every day with just to read the story of the saint and to familiarize myself with some of those lesser known saints. And I know that it's going to impact me uh, spiritually in more ways than I can even imagine. So uh, what a great project. What a great work, sister. You guys, you women have offered us, you daughters of St. Paul have offered us. Thank you so much. It really was a, a, an incredible joy. It feels like a family album, really, you know, and it was created by our family of the daughters of St. Paul. Really, our founder established us to utilize the most rapid and efficacious means of technology and media to communicate Christ. And so we're consecrated to create 
media, whatever that may be. In this instance, and in the traditional sense of our mission, it has been books. And so it's neat for us to think about all of our practices, asceticisms, and things, and way of life, and prayer, and our in our life as daughters of Saint Paul, in our Pauline spirituality. We really believe and are convicted that the Word of God, the actual translation of the gospel through through text and in a book form or in our media has the power to radically change people's lives. And so we place the sacrifices and prayers of our day um, in every word and every decision that's made and every part of the process. And oftentimes, and especially on this project, that's exactly where the enemy gets in, gets like sneaks his little head is like, we had so many file corruptions and like so many computers shut down and even processing this book, it was so crazy. <laughs> so like we, we know that it's going to be blessed then, you know, because that's our very mission. And the fact that all it was completely made by the sisters, it really felt like a labor of love um, and a wonderful gift to give. So we're delighted that um, there's been such a beautiful response and that people really came out to support um, this project on Kickstarter, especially during such a difficult time where so many people are struggling, um, that we were able to still give this beautiful gift. Yeah, it came about real quick after the Kickstarter, and that was great. And I keep paging through this book, and every time I page, I find something new that I just love. <laughs> and so now here I am. I'm on June 28th at St. Irenaeus, and this beautiful oh. image of Eve and Our oh. Lady, and you depict her as Our Lady of Guadalupe and it's yeah. just so so beautiful. I love this image a real lot and uh, oh, what a gift. This is a gift. You know, I'm looking at a patron of Archdiocese of Mobile, Alabama, St. Irenaeus. Maybe their cathedral is the Cathedral of <laughs> St. Irenaeus. I, I had no idea. Look, I keep learning things from this book. It is <laughs> so fun. It, it is a gem. What was the biggest surprise maybe for you? Because you literally 365 different illustrations for each page. What was your biggest surprise as you went through and did that? And maybe surprise or maybe grace would be a better word. What was the biggest mm. grace that you received from all of this? You know, I think the book itself, to be honest, because God inspired this 10 years ago, but it was ready at a moment just before the pandemic hit. And first, on a personal level, the time that I got to spend um, drawing saints, I was drawing multiple saints a day because I started on October 1st on the Feast of Therese. And I ended um, in, I think it was August. Um, that same year. And so I really had to be diligent and stay like really drawing. And, you know, I was never exhausted. I anticipated that I would. It wasn't until like the very end and we hit like a ton of different issues with like um, technology and things. But even then we were like, this is just going to do so much good. Um, there was just a real sense that this was a, a gift God wanted to give. And he sustained me um, with the grace to be able to draw it. And just the outpouring of from the very beginning when I started, um, people reached out to me on their own accord, like through social media and through Instagram to buy the materials so that I could draw. So they bought my first sketchbooks and pens and um, the pencils that I needed an eraser, like all of those little things. And then also a generous benefactor bought the, the Apple pencil that, you know, I would use once I transitioned to the iPad to draw so it was really something that came from was with the people from the very beginning. And that's mm. really what this all has been about. So it was a natural progression when the pandemic hit. 
and we were really, uh, you know, not sure how much we downsized um, what the amount of books that we were putting out um, by like 90%. So there were really only two major books and we usually do many, many more um, in a year that, so we just decided, all right, well, we know that this book is coming. And then um, we had another book, Brilliant. And then uh, actually another benefactor came forward and supported um, Complaints of the Saints. And these are three books about saints. So the Lord really wanted to talk to his people about saints this year. You know, and you've seen that in a lot of different formats and platforms. You know, um, uh, Katie Prejean McGrady, she does Ave Explores, and they did a whole series on the saints. On my own social media, on my public Facebook page, I did a series on these Belgian roadside chapels during the month of October as a way to like focus on the rosary, praying a decade at each one. But there were so many saints, you know, like obscure saints, like St. Gislaine, for example, that, <laughs> that the Belgian people built a little chapel to. It's just, you know, over there at a cemetery. And I was able to introduce people to the stories of the saints uh, through these roadside chapels that I did. And and you're right. Uh, this has been really a year of saints. And now our Holy Father, Pope Francis, has given us the year of a particular saint, the year yeah. of St. Joseph. So we are truly blessed uh, by their prayers and by their intercession. And Mary is the queen of all saints and all the saints joining us from heaven and here on earth in prayer to Almighty God. So a beautiful project. And I think what I took away when you were sharing about the graces was that really, you know, God gave you this great gift and you're making use of it and sharing it. And uh, so many people are going to have this book in their hands and it's going to accompany us uh, to the kingdom of heaven. So it's a beautiful gift uh, for the church and for the world, for all of us. Praise God. Yeah, it really helped me grow in holiness while creating it. And I pray that it helps others grow in holiness as they experience it. And I know that all of our sisters who contributed to this book, not one of us can take credit for any of it. Like it's all our collaboration together with, with our Lord and the Holy Spirit. So it's exciting. Yeah. One of the things I do, sister, before I end the podcast is to simply do what I call is the Marian profile. It's some basic questions about Marian devotion in your own life, but it really gives us a portrait of what Marian devotion looks like for so many different people and introduces us to so many different things. So what's your favorite title for the Blessed Mother or maybe a title of Mary that you've been invoking in your personal prayer lately? Well, my main... Uh favorite title of Mary is Mary Queen of Apostles as our You are as contractually our obligated to say that. <laughs> <laughs> and I just really love her because she's always handing Jesus, you know, like she's always giving us Jesus. That's what Mary does. Um, but if I were to kind of go rogue for a moment, um, I've been praying with Our Lady of Victory. My full profession name is Danielle Victoria. No. And so Our Lady of Victory um, you know, she has her own story, uh, but like the, the praying with what it means to that our lady brings us to victory to me, she shares a title with the queen of apostles in that sense that victory in Christ is lived and experienced through Mary because Mary is like, she's the, the crown of creation in, in the sense that God didn't have to go through Mary um, to bring salvation, but he chose to. And so to me, Mary speaks of beauty and that like, um, that God didn't order this world or even our success in life or our own victories towards ma mathematical equation, although that can reveal God's beauty, like that, 
it is far more um, about relationship and relationship with her son. And she, who teaches us how to be in relationship with her son better than her, right? Um, and so, yeah, I like to think of Our Lady of Victory um, when, especially like when I feel kind of whelmed or that there's a lot going on or in, you know, there's a desire for success or, and, and like asking the Lord to purify that. And in Our Lady of Victory, I feel like she is that, um, the one who shows me how to live these things in Christ, you know, and that they consecrate them because we're sisters, we're in commerce, we're in business, you know? And so like, we're called to live that um, in Christ and to consecrate those things. And um, yeah, from big successes to little successes in life. Yeah. Sure. How beautiful. Yeah, that was a, a beautiful reflection on Our Lady of Victory. And it's not, you know, your take on it is a lot different than what you usually hear about, you know, Our Lady of Victory with the rosary and, and battle and mm -hmm. but how she just leads us to so many small little victories in our life too. So what, what a beautiful reflection. Now, there are lots of different Marian sacramentals out there, you know, rosary, scapulars, medals, etc. Is there a sacramental that you make use of that has, you know, some meaning to you? The main is the rosary for me. It really, um, you know, I, to first on so many levels, just even in the very tactile um I have one on my wrist and I have one in my pocket and I have one by my running shoes. I think when I go running and I just feel like it's um, just even in the material sense of just like how, how amazing it is that we have um, like the sacramentals at all, you know, that, that we can hold that we're tactile and that we can um, make an intention, even if our minds are distracted or if we're in a million places or we're, or we're feeling anxiety, or we're just so elated we can't even concentrate. You can hold the rosary and just say, um, "Hail Mary, Hail Mary, Hail Mary." <laughs> you know? Sure. Um, so it's like holding her hand, you know, Definitely. in a way for me, and I I love that because it makes you feel like I have her with me at all times. Um, and I just I also really um, I I love really praying with the sorrowful mysteries right now, and so just. Yeah, like kind of really sitting in um, and thinking about Our Lady of Sorrows um, with that. Sure. Now, there are lots of different prayers to Mary. The Hail Mary itself comes to us from Scripture, the first part of it. And there are saints that have written prayers to Mary. There are common prayers out there. Is there a Marian prayer that kind of is your go-to Marian prayer at a moment need? We have a, um, a prayer that we say in, in the Daughters of St. Paul, actually throughout the whole Pauline family, and it's Virgin Mary, Mother of Jesus, make us saints. Virgin Mary, Mother of Jesus, make us saints. And usually we get a little bit more intense the third time we say, Virgin Mary, Mother of Jesus, make us saints. And it's just, it's kind of like a rally cry to like, to say, let, let Mary in and let's do this. Let's live it in Christ. So. Yeah, you know, I was listening to the Daughters Project or whatever that they're mm. doing through Patreon and the podcast and whatnot. And on the very first one, that was the the prayer that they prayed at the very end. For, you know, Mother Mary, make us saints or whatever it was that you just said. And that, that stuck <laughs> with me. I liked it. I, I prayed it a few times, I know. So um, beautiful. Now, with the rosary, you mentioned the rosary before. And lots of people, they might get discouraged in praying the rosary. Mm -hmm. Do you have a tip to help people pray the rosary better? Yeah, you know, I would say keep it simple. 
like, and I love that, you know, my grandmother, um, she just passed this last year, but she like badgered me with the rosary and it, I, I totally, I didn't want to pray it. I, I wasn't interested for so long. And then eventually when I discovered the rosary, I was so grateful that she had even just like sent me that I have these rosaries kicking around, you know, and that I maybe just even put them in my pocket. And I kind of hold on to that, honestly, because I do think as a sacramental, it's powerful. So the first thing I would say is honestly, just find a way to have a rosary with you, regardless of if you pray it, like just have it in your pocket or on your wrist. Or, you know, I, I have one um, that a sister made for me that I wear on my wrist and I have my profession uh, rosary and, um, and just allow it to be a reminder that Mary is with you. And, and even Mary taught the children at Fatima, just to, first in the beginning, you know, Hail Mary, Hail Mary, Hail Mary, Hail Mary on, on every, every bead. And then they learned more later, you know? So like, I think that um, choosing, like even a, an entry point can be to choose a decade um, that you're feeling identifies with what you're going through right now, you know, or that's also what's really wonderful with um, how the, the mysteries can be broken up on different days. Um, but sometimes, yeah, I'll just, honestly, I was reading um, Edward Sree's book on the rosary. I'm forgetting the title, but he talks about Pope Benedict's way of praying the rosary because he's so busy and it would be too hard for him at times to pray it all at once. And so he would go into a chapel and pray a decade at a time throughout hmm. the day. Sure. Yeah, I've that heard that Pope cool. Francis prays all the mysteries of the rosary a day. So, um, yeah, beautiful. Uh, how about a favorite Marian apparition? Mary has appeared all over the world. You have beautifully illustrated Our Lady of Guadalupe and Juan Diego and other Marian apparitions. How about uh, one that, you know, the message or the apparition itself just strikes you or resonates with you? You know, I guess it would have to be Our Lady of Guadalupe, and for lots of reasons, but mostly for what she said to Juan Diego, <laughs> that, like, my little one, I, her in the, the endearing way that she called him hers and said, don't you think I'm taking care of you, you know, um, that he was small in her care. And, and then just on top of that, as an artist, I think she, every artist should study um, that apparition and what the Lord was desiring to reveal through Mary in that apparition, mm. because she is a, like her image on the Tilma is like, a, is like a photograph, a painting done with paints that we don't even have the pigment of here on earth. Like it doesn't like even sit directly like on the fabric itself, but hovers just even the teeny tiniest bit above. And then on top of that, there's like the imprint in her eyes of the entire room as it would have been, you know? So it's like this, the Lord is saying something through a visual communication about his mother, even the organization of the stars and the constellations on her um, mantle um, is the, is the way the stars would have been at that night of her apparition. So like, it's, it's really, um, it's, it's really a catechesis done in, in art, sure. you know, but done by God. And so he's using kind of a human way that we communicate visual things with us. And it's just, it's so um, inspiring to me. 
How about a Marian shrine? There are lots of shrines to the Blessed Mother throughout the country, throughout the world, some to devotional titles of Mary, like Our Lady, Help of Christians, or Consolation. Is there a Marian shrine that you visited that left an impression on you? You know, um, through college, actually, I um, really kind of fell away from my faith. And it was a trip that I was taking to Europe. I was working on a film um, project in Germany, and I took a trip around uh, Western Europe. And just by chance, and mostly because my grandmother had mentioned it so much, I was driving by Lourdes and, well, on a train. And um, I decided to stop and to visit the shrine there. And it was, there were not many people the time of year that I was there, there was not many people there. And I only knew very vaguely um, the story of St. Bernadette actually. And I barely even walked around the grounds. And I think I maybe passed the baths. I actually can't even totally remember, but there was Eucharistic adoration outside and I had never been exposed to Eucharistic adoration in this huge white tent. And there is a river just by the river. And I went in there and sat. I was like captivated. I had never felt so um, like that there I was in the presence of of someone, you know, um, in in visiting uh, a church or anything like that, that I just wanted to sit in there. And it's, it's kind of crazy to think that I was all the way over there. And that is all I did is I sat outside of the shrine in that um, tent adoring Jesus. And then I left and I bought a little bottle of holy water on my way out. And, um, and shortly after that, I had an actual encounter um, with God that, that radically changed obviously the trajectory of my life. Um, But it was quite dramatic. So I do believe that was like a a signal grace um, kind of preparing my heart for later, but it was a grace from that shrine. So Our Lady of Lourdes is is very, very special to me. Our Lady of Lourdes is that shrine in France is one of my favorite places, uh, you know, on earth. I've been there multiple times. I've served Mm. there as an auxiliary confessor. And uh, every time I go back to Lourdes, it's like you find yourself again. Like there's such a great peace there. And Mm. I hope you're able Mm -hmm. to go back and to experience the property (laughs) and uh, things like that. It's truly a blessed place. And I look forward to my next trip. And actually, I'm hoping to go October 2021 on a pilgrimage with a group of people with Michael O'Neill, the Miracle Hunter, and a singer named Anna Nuzzo. We're organizing Mm -hmm. a pilgrimage. Don't know if it'll happen with the pandemic, but here's to hoping uh, life will kind of be back uh, to some sort of semblance of normalcy by then. So uh, if you want to learn more about the pilgrimage, check it out at Nativity Pilgrimages. Link will be in the show notes. And how about a book about Mary that you would recommend? This, Sue, it's this so question, hard. This, this you're question, actually a daughter of St. Paul, this question. <laughs> this question often stumps people. Oh, I want to see what... Because I, the the main book that I want to, I would want to recommend is actually out of print. <laughs> is it like, like the all the audiences of Saint John Paul II? <laughs> <laughs> it's it's actually by our founder. Oh, that one. Okay. Yeah, I've heard it's about Mary it. Queen of Apostles, but I don't know what the it has gone through several renditions of titles. Yeah, it's still just called Mary Queen of Apostles, but it is out of print. I'd rather recommend something someone could get. 
Well, that's okay. You could recommend that. And, you know, it's possible a library will have it. It's possible maybe a used copy uh, you can find online. I should get a copy of that book, to be honest. It so. It's so good, especially because she, it really talks about, um, you know, you'd have to kind of really digest it for yourself, but like about be- the new evangelization, like really what that means to live out of our baptism. Like he's not talking about the new evangelization, but he is talking about being an apostle today. Sure. So, yeah, I guess I'll, I'll recommend that. And then I can just recommend our Queen of Apostles prayer book, which is really excellent. Beautiful. And then how about lastly, on a Marian feast day, when you go to chapel, they have mass for the Immaculate Conception or for Mary, Mother of God, whatever feast of Mary it is, is there a song that you hope that you as sisters will sing in chapel that day? Hail Maiden Mary is my favorite. It's simple and it's short. It's basically the Hail Mary. Now, I've never heard of this, so I will have to Google it or YouTube it and and take a listen to that song. So Yeah, check out our Marian CD. See if it's on there. It might be because I think our sisters have sung it. Oh, yeah. You, you know, now there. that you say that, now I can almost hear it in my head, actually. <laughs> that's oh. funny. Well, great. Well, that's your Marian profile, sister. You have exposed me in the uh, Marian <laughs> profile to new things that I hadn't thought of or considered. And uh, that's what the Marian profile is meant to do. And so I appreciate your time today to talk about Enchelo and Enterra. This book should be in every Catholic's household, in my opinion. So go and find it. From the Daughters of St. Paul on Amazon, maybe in Catholic bookstores, wherever you get your books, find Or paulinestore.com. Pauline Store. Go to paulinestore.com. <laughs> Go to your Catholic bookstore, ask them to order Enchelo and Enterra, and you will not be disappointed. The book has literally blown me away as we talk about the 365 days with the saints. And so, Sister Danielle, if people want to find you on social media, how can they do that? You know, my handle is at Danielle's Habit, Um, but really I'm one of the podcasters right now for this season with our Daughters Project podcast, and it's um, one part of this movement with um, really collaborating with people online to bring the good news in a new way at the cutting edge of our our mission, and it's thedaughtersproject.com. So really, we have a lot of updates and things like that and, um, and ways that people can participate and, and really supporting the cutting edge of our mission there. That's great. I'm happy to be one of the Patreon supporters of the Daughters Project. I, it comes out of my little PayPal account each month. So, um, <laughs> thank that's you great. so much for that. Well, thank you for your time today, sister. And I'm going to keep every day going through Enchelo and Enterra and learning the stories of the saints so I might live a holier life. So thank you so much, sister. Amen. Thank you so much. Okay. God bless you. You've been listening to the podcast, How They Love Mary. And if you've enjoyed today's podcast and want to support the podcast, I'd encourage you to do so by becoming a member at Patreon. By supporting this podcast on Patreon, you will help to pay for the monthly fees associated with the podcast and the possibility of upgrading equipment and also putting money into advertising and promotion. If you like this podcast, I'd encourage you to share with your family and friends. And please like it and review it on Apple Podcasts 
post about this podcast on your social media. And when you're on your social media, you can follow me, Father Edward Looney, at the handle at FR Edward Looney on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. I can't wait to share another episode of How They Love Mary with you next time, so be sure to tune in then. Until then, let us remain united in prayer to Jesus through Mary. God bless.